Aloha, party people. You are listening to Inside the Desert Oasis Room, episode number 194. This episode is sponsored by the Tiki Bar T-Shirt Club, where their monthly T-Shirt designs pay tribute to a Polynesian bar or restaurant from days long past. Each design is available for a limited time and will never be produced again. For the collectors out there, be sure to check out their subscription program. For more information and to check out this month's shirt, visit tikibartshirtclub.com. This podcast is brought to you in part by the Tiki Tea, a family-owned and operated tropical drink bar in Los Angeles, California. Come get their house specialty, The Ray's Mistake, for only $6 on Wednesdays until 9 p.m. For more information, check out their website, tiki-ti.com. If you have a product, service, or event that you'd like to bring attention to, we can help. This podcast reaches thousands of listeners in over 100 countries every week. Imagine hearing your ad in this spot, just like you're hearing this one right now. Sponsor an episode and get the exposure you deserve. For more information, go to DesertOasisRoom.com and click on Services. On this episode, we make our way down to San Diego, California to chat with Dottie DeVille and Matt Koken owners of the legendary Till 2 Club. Hear the story about how they landed this legendary San Diego landmark, what they've learned about its history since they've acquired it, what's in store for its future, and if you enjoy some good ghost stories, find out who's haunting the bar. As always, I hope you enjoy this episode as much as we did bringing it to you. If you enjoy this podcast, please consider helping us with your support during this challenging time. Stop by DesertOasisRoom.com to check out our merch or leave us a tip. We've got pendants, t-shirts, glassware, and more. And every purchase or donation, no matter the size, is very much appreciated and helps keep this podcast coming to you every week. All righty. Grab a scotch and soda and join us inside Till 2 Club. And give it up for our friends Dottie DeVille and Matt Koken. inviting me. Thanks for being here. I'm so excited to finally get to come to the Till 2 Club. You're here, baby. Oh, I love it. I love it. I love it. So let's tell our audience, what are we drinking? What, what are we drinking here? Um, I am drinking the Little Kimlet. Okay. It is a play on a um, classic cocktail, the Gimlet. The Gimlet. Yeah. Named after Little Kim. Named after Little Kim. Little Kim. 2006, when... She was at the MTV uh, Music Awards. Movie Awards? Music Awards. Music Awards. <laughs> um, and her outfit was the purple... The purple outfit and the purple hair. Out. Right? Yeah. So, uh, so, so when I see a purple drink, the first thing I think of is Purple Rain. Yes. Purple Rain by Prince. By Prince. When I was in my 20s and I was going to nightclubs... I used to order a purple rain. Back when I used to drink kamikazes and Long Island iced teas and all these crappy clubby drinks that you drink when you're trying to get drunk in your 20s, right? And I'd order purple rains. Every, every once in a while, they'd say, well, what's in that? And I'd say, I don't know, 
so they just give me something purple. purple. <laughs> they probably um, just do the blue curacao and the grenadine. Yeah. And purple drink. Pur- purple drink. Purple drink. Um, yeah. This is made with a really wonderful gin, Empress gin, and it's um, naturally distilled with butterfly pea blossom. Yeah. So that creates the purple hue, and it turns to like blues and teals and lavenders depending on like the acidity it. so I love it's a really it. wonderful gin we love okay, it okay tell me about this drink what am i drinking that is the funky drummer funky drummer that is a top seller here that is made with three different rums you have um let's see you have bounty dark i love it you have hamilton gold and you have ray and nephew overproof in there wow passion fruit so smooth. It's very balanced. Um, lots of fresh juices in there. The passion fruit, lime, orange. Yeah. I love it. Wow. So awesome. I'm drinking Miller Lite. Miller Lite. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I wasn't even going to ask because it's a beer bottle, but but I'm glad that you brought it up. <laughs> We're a Miller Lite family. <laughs> it's all good. It's all good. So the Till Two Club. I've known about this bar, even as somebody doesn't live in San Diego, I've known about this bar for a long, long time. And I've wanted to have you guys on for so long, not just because I want to support you guys, but I think there's an interesting story behind how you guys got this bar. So, so t- <laughs> tell us about that. Oh my goodness, it's such a, this has been such a crazy ride here. Um, so... The bar has been here since 1942. There's been different. Um, That's crazy. Different like names and. So we were in World War II in 1942. Yeah. So they opened up in 1942. Um, we came in uh, in May 2019, and it was a very crazy situation. Um, we were asked just to come in and like revamp the bar and at that point I was kind of done. What, what do they mean by revamp? Just like, just like redo the drinks? And- yeah, just kind of like give it a little something a little ump and right, right. Um, I've already been doing that and I was, we were both ready to just buy our own place and he wanted a music venue, I wanted a dive bar Yeah. and the opportunity came and um, we were going back and forth with, you know what we could afford and how we were really going to make it happen. And I was actually, we were both in Portland at the time. Fly, I had a show up there. Okay. And we're on the plane and I get this text from the old owners. Older, okay. And they were just like, meet you here at this place and sign the paperwork and the keys are yours. And I was like, holy what? fucking <laughs> shit. And I showed it to Matt and we were in the air, and my I had turned my phone off, and I was yeah. like, oh, oh my, my God. God. And I actually sent a message to my like dear friend, Sassy, yeah. Miss TQ Oasis, some 20-something. I don't even know what year she won, but... <laughs> and she was just like, holy shit, I'll meet you at that bar, yeah, and we yeah. can check it out. Yeah. And I remember sitting in the middle of the bar going like, uh, we just bought a bar. That's crazy. It was so surreal. It was very surreal. So, you know, as Tiki people, I think a lot of of us have a dream of owning our own bar. Yeah. And, you know, the story goes that you find a little hole in the wall place that needs some fixing up 
and you work your ass off to like put the money together and try to get the liquor license and all this kind of stuff. But then you you not only had that fall in your lap, but it's also an iconic spot. Like this is this is a this is kind of a landmark spot for San Diego, right? It's been, it's been here for what? How many decades now are we looking at? Eight 42, decades. Eight decades. Eighty years. It well, next year it'll be eighty years. That's crazy. So, so tell me about the journey. So now now you get the bar. Now we get the bar, and we're like. Oh, how do we come up with this money? I have $2 in my wallet. Right, right, right. <laughs> I wasn't even really concerned about that necessarily. <laughs> I was concerned about what the previous ownership did were doing here. Yeah. I mean, it was just it was basically like a rap battle MC like oh. club. So it, yeah. it so just you're, changed so you're, the you're dynamics. thinking of like just yeah. the, the clientele. Yeah, and, yeah, and yeah. It's like I'm not I have nothing against rap. I sure. like a lot of old school like hip hop and stuff, but yeah. it, it just wasn't the vibe that we wanted to. Yeah, go yeah, you're, you're you're tiki people. You're, yeah. you're craft so cocktail people. It basically yeah. took a few months of kind of like honoring all of those old bookings that the previous owners did, right. and then just kind of trying to finagle new identity and new bands coming right, in. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. We, yeah, we were here for ten months before COVID hit. Um, wow. So, yeah, so we'll, we'll get to the COVID thing. But for that first 10 months, I'm sure that there was a huge adjustment period, not just with the bar and the drinks, but also with the patrons, just as like Matt is alluding to, right? So so yeah. let's start with, let's talk about the the patrons. How, how did that... What happened the first few months that you were here? Were they still looking for rap battles? I still get yeah, potential we, booking requests for that have, type of music. We know. book them when yeah. it's appropriate. Um, right. Uh, it, so. <laughs> not 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 that we don't uh, that we're against any of that. No it's, no it's, no. no. Yeah. Uh, it was just a very interesting transition sure. because um, the neighborhood that we're in, it's we're in City Heights, but this cup, these couple of blocks right here, this is called Little Saigon, and these are all like very small independent family um, Asian right, restaurants, right, and right. we're one of the only non-Asian businesses right, in this area. Right. So it, we wanted to bring the community together because been here forever so it was just hard to get back out there and um let people know that the ownership was changed and the the vibe in here was changing and to be quite honest the first 10 months were like really hard to get in people's heads that like things have changed here and recently um during this this new opening um we see people in here that we don't even know who they are or sure how they found us um, the word's getting out. word's getting out. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. Okay. We just have people new, come in here all the time out. who are, we just overhear, you know, yeah. them saying, yeah. oh, yeah, we, their Instagram or this person yeah. posted yeah. or whatever. So, so crazy. Were there any issues with older regulars? Um. Yeah, we actually, <laughs> sorry, <laughs> sorry. No, go ahead. <laughs> This is a neighborhood bar, like I was saying. If, if you're in San Diego and I say City Heights, you understand what this this neighborhood is. It's um, we're in the hood here, you know. We got lots of different people around us. Um, we've had to kick like a white supremacist dude out of here, 86 that dude. We've had to kick like so 
working girls out. You know. Wow. Well, we had to kick him out not only for that, but he would come in and put forty dollars in the jukebox and just play Beastie Boys. That was so a that's sick an offense moment. in and of itself. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, it was it was definitely like a big transition. Um, you know, when you're struggling dive bar, you're willing to let anybody come in. Yeah. As long as they pay that, you know, four dollars for that well yeah, drink. Yeah, yeah. At that point, we were just like, look, we're gonna have to push through this yeah. and. I don't want their money. Yeah. And if we have a fucking so, sometimes, dead day. Sometimes dead you day. have to. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes you have to. Yeah. So I know that like when the Tonga Hut first switched over, there were some regulars there that were really stubborn about the change. You know, uh, it's for them. It's It's been their hangout for probably decades as well. And then now, like, who's this guy coming in here and fucking up my bar? You know? So we get that, and we still have the people that come in and you know dive bar regulars, yeah. and they can still get those drinks here. And that's that was like the big thing when we came in is we wanted a bar that we want to drink at, and that is cheap drinks when we need it, good beer when we need it, and great cocktails. So there you so go. So you can still come in here for a four dollar well. Yeah, I mean, yeah, beer and a shot guy more than welcome yeah. to come in if you want like a really rad cocktail for a very reasonable price you know yeah kind of have it all so that's a great segue because i bet the cocktails in here before you guys had it <laughs> were subpar <laughs> we Let's just say there is soco and midori a lot on the yeah, menu and like all the flavored vodkas right the rainbow right. you know right so what was that adjustment like Implementing a a cocktail program. Who did all that? Me. Oh, really? Okay, awesome. She so had, she handles. So what, what was everything. your approach? What was your approach on that? Um. Well, the first menu I put out, I was really trying to cater to this like dive bar aesthetic, but then also throw in a bunch of rum and like nice whiskey cocktails. And it just really wasn't translating well. Um, and I had I had to figure out like a way to merge them both together to where it wasn't pretentious and people who wanted a good cocktail didn't feel intimidated right. by anything. Right. So this menu now I think really embodies all of that. Um, obviously, we're rum people, so we took the whole back bar and put all of our favorite rums up there and put really killer scotches and whiskeys up there and mezcals and tequilas and took all of the vodka out. Okay. At one point, I had no vodka in this bar and realized... <laughs> you you kind of need it. You it. need it. Yeah, you <laughs> yeah. need it. Yeah. Um, so now we do have 10, bottle, 10 different bottles of vodka. Okay. <laughs> well, in... Like you said, the initial like menu transition was very difficult, and we were on a shoestring budget. Yeah, you know, so yeah. we we couldn't necessarily get everything that's on the back bar. But I couldn't buy cases. I had to buy bottles, single bottles, and if you buy a case, your bottle price goes goes down. Goes down. Um, so at this point, I was like, I can't even afford two twenty-five dollar bottles. What am I going to wow, do? You know, okay. it yeah. was really really tough. And, and one of the reasons you see such variety up there is, I know you're going to get to the whole COVID thing, but when we did all the booze ferry and people started ordering bottles from us and we deliver all over San Diego County every week, 
we could finally start to buy those cases and sell off 10 of them and then keep two for the oh, bar. Oh, gotcha. You yeah, know? yeah. So yeah. that's why there's so much up there, wide variety of things yeah. for people okay. to enjoy. Okay, I love it. So you're my segue man. So now we're going to segue <laughs> to the COVID stuff because it, it's really interesting to see how a lot of businesses have adjusted and adapted to deal with being closed, right? I know that some bars, for example, I probably shouldn't name names, but there is a tiki bar in another state that turned their bar into basically a retail shop, and their doors would still open, but you came in and you were just buying merch, yep, t-shirts and mugs and all that kind of stuff. But you guys had an interesting approach that you became a basically a bottle service or, or delivery spirits delivery in place of selling cocktails, you were selling spirits. Right. So how did you guys come up with that? Well, the first two weeks when we were shut down, we it basically... Was like so, I was so thankful. We, I'm not even going to lie to you. I was so thankful to have like this two-week break because I was so tired. I think I slept for like three days straight. Oh, wow. I was so tired. And I was in my like naive little brain, I'm like, two-week vacation. Hell yeah. Right, right, right. You know? And then... I know I interrupted you. I'm sorry. No, it's fine. Um... By the end of week two, I realized, oh, fuck, this is not ending. It's this not is not a away. vacation. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, And we need to get our shit together. Um, fortunately, Matt is an attorney also, and he's able to read I always all forget of the that fine about Matt. lines. <laughs> I take that as a compliment. I don't really look and act like a, an attorney. No, I mean, because because we don't, we don't see each other by what we do. We see each other by who we are. Right. And what we like, you know, the common interests that we all share. So, but yeah, so so you were saying you you you, re- you so read like after the first couple of weeks, ABC um, alcohol beverage control. Yeah, and the local authorities didn't really know what to do at that point. I think they realized they wanted to do something to make it feasible to stay open, um, and so I basically read. The new updates and guidelines that ABC put out. And these came out like sometimes four times a day. They would change it, update it. So we were constantly on top of it. It was insane. So basically their wordage was like you can still remain open, but you you can only sell beverage or liquids that are in the manufactured bottles. So you couldn't do cocktails to go at that point. Okay. You could only sell bottles of booze. Okay. Um, and so we basically was like, okay, we're going to start a glorified liquor store. And we basically curated a list of about 500 bottles. Holy moly. Um, and you can just pick and choose what you want. You get your orders in to us by Wednesday at noon. We put our orders in, and we deliver them across San Diego on Friday. I, I got to say, I was a little jealous that all the locals got to do that with you guys because I definitely would have supported you, but I live, I live like over 100 miles away. So We branched out to an L.A. Like, if, if you were in L.A. and you want to take part in this, blah, 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 but we only had a couple people that uh, were okay. interested yeah. that okay. it didn't. It wasn't feasible. I mean, we delivered yesterday. So we you're still, still doing delivering. it? Still yeah. doing it, yeah. 
How it, much? How much did that help during COVID? It kept us afloat. It did. It paid. We didn't make. We didn't profit any of money. It paid for all of our bills. So there okay. was not one cent that we were able to like that we kept for ourselves or for the bar. It all went to paying our okay. bills. Okay. So we were actually extremely fortunate to. Um, we didn't. Yeah. Go into debt. Yeah, awesome. And it's all because of. Oh, I love that. People in the community. I love that. I love that. Wow. So, on average, how many bottles are you delivering every week? At one point, we had to um, ask our friend Matt Farrell to help us deliver, and I think we had over a hundred deliveries that day. Over no, 100. I wouldn't. I wouldn't go that far. But it was over a two-day two-day period, and we did it for six hours a day, wow. and that's also including him on one of the wow. days. So we probably had about fifty, 50 deliveries. So, and most wow. people are ordering like three bottles at the minimum. Okay. Um, so it was. It w- that was a really some people crazy order time. order cases of yeah. different things, mix and match. Yeah. So. Let's give a shout out to Matt because that's awesome of him to help out, right? You can depend on him. See right here. Yeah, he's in the corner over there. Farrell. So. Yeah, Matt's yeah, coming. He's actually our little like angel here. Um, he is a local history librarian, so he actually dug up all of the information on this bar. I love it. And um, prior to us coming in, everybody thought. I'm gonna give him my seat real okay. quick. Oh, okay. I was gonna scoot in. Everybody thought that this bar opened in 1948, but it actually opened in 1942. Okay. And he was the one who found out about all of this, and um, he really helped us out. We're talking about how you helped us out with booze fairies and all the deliveries. We're giving you a shout-out for being the dependable person that the bar needs. Yeah. We love that. We love that, you know, there's a community here that helps out the bar, and, you know, that stuff is invaluable. These are things that you can't buy with money, you know? I... Yes, well, when I'm I have, very when I have thankful. like two good friends that I realize are like meeting their lifelong goal of like <laughs> having a, a bar and entertainment venue. Um, yeah, it, it's you know the first thing that I did was I like oh well I gotta what I do for a living is research the history of things right, and so right. did a full like research packet for them of the history of their place and like found some crazy stuff that insane yeah. things murders. Topless go-go dancing. Allegedly yeah. murders. Allegedly. Okay. Yeah. Topless bartenders. Topless bartenders. Yeah. Was there topless? Was there really? Topless bartenders. That's yeah. the word on the street. I haven't verified. Right. Ha- uh, he is me, a historian. I haven't verified that yet. Okay, now wait a second. <laughs> topless bartenders, are, were they female or were they you guys? Ooh, tough question. Yeah. <laughs> We're trying to bring them back, actually. Yeah. Because I know that's a little secret club that you guys have. That oh, <laughs> oh, that's, that's a different oh, bar here in San Diego. Oh, Kalima. Kalima. <laughs> <laughs> uh, did, did I say too much? Which, <laughs> there he is, <laughs> Mr. Headhunter. <laughs> so there you go. There you go. So... Till 2 Club, it appears to me that it's become a bit of a clubhouse for the San Diego Tiki locals. It definitely has, um, through the, I don't know, like, through the curated rum collection here, people can try some really cool shit. Yeah. So. Yeah, definitely. (laughs) And you're still in, like, a rock and roll dive bar, which, at the end of the day, is pretty, it's not tiki, per, per se, but, like, 
a rock and roll dive bar is pretty yeah, tiki yeah, in our yeah. community. You know, yeah. right? But I mean, I I can come in, I can get my five dollar whiskey soda. Right. But if I'm feeling like celebrating, I can say, yeah, I want that poor Sam Roly that's on the shelf. Like, Nineteen ninety two, Sam Roly, last bottle in the world. I love it. I love it. When I was doing the history, when I was looking, remember we found there was so there was a period when this bar was uh, Wayne and Bookie's Playhouse. Yes. And we found pictures of them throwing, you know, luau party. You know? Oh really? Oh, yeah. yeah. So how that much? Was in the, sorry, that was yeah. in the. That was in the fifties. Yeah. yeah. Okay. How much of the history are you able to find about this bar? Is there a lot? He has oh, found quite a bit. so okay. much quite a bit. stuff. So yeah, opened in nineteen forty-two, but. You know, 1942, we all, we all what happened in, like, the early 40s is, you know, America went to war. Right. So um, a lot of stuff kind of shut down. And then they had, uh, there were two original owners that was a married couple. They divorced, not so amicably. This is One where died. One died under mysterious circumstances. Uh, so Have you guys <laughs> mentioned the wonderful podcast you guys do? Or? Yeah, yeah. Oh, Drunk History. Drunken History, which we're really bad at um, filming because yeah. we film like, we did like a shit ton. We did every week and then we just got too drunk and then it filmed like once a month. What and do now I not know like, about whatever. this? Yeah. What do I not know about this? It was just like a little silly thing that we were yeah. doing and oh. now it became a thing. Oh, we're going to need to promote this. Yeah. No. <laughs> it, was, it was a little like web series we yeah. were doing. Just yeah. Every few weeks, we would do another dive into the history. So we, yeah, we covered the, uh, all the, way up to the, the suspicious 60s now. death of, uh, of one of the owners, and then the owners of this building. Yes. yes. Okay. This bar. Uh, or this bar. The bar. bar. And then it became like a fancy steakhouse. Um, there was a steakhouse bar. here. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, you could get a steak dinner. There used to be a really beautiful um, Art Deco movie theater right next door, and they had deals where you would get like. Show your movie ticket, get a steak dinner, you know. Very nice. Uh, after that, it became sort of this, it became Wayne and Bookie's Playhouse, and it was two local guys, one who had a history of running bars in San Diego all around town, and the other guy who was a very well-respected local guy, kind of a uh, booster around town, and they they kind of turned it into their, like, clubhouse, party place. Matt oh. jokes that, like, we are Wayne and Bookie, because Wayne was, like, <laughs> Party, party, party. Party, 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 which is me. Yeah. <laughs> and Bookie was like, Give oh, back to get, the community. Come on. Yeah. And that's totally Matt. And like, I'm all about giving back to the community as well, but I'm like, okay, but can we also party during it? Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Can we it. give a party back to the community? Can we give a party? Yeah. Totally. Okay, so this, this has been here for eight decades. I want to know is it haunted? Okay, oh. so. <laughs> I, she got excited about that question. I look on the cameras, you know, during closing time, and I see weird shit. And I don't know if it's like, look, we're in a dive bar. There's some cobwebs. You know, I can't get everything. Okay. But I'm like, are they cobwebs? Are they orbs? Like orbs? What the fuck is going on? And all my oldest bartender, not my old, a longest, longest yeah, longest serving bartender here. Bones, he is like. Oh, and his name is Bones. <laughs> definitely, definitely a ghost here. Like you feel it when you're closing, when you're by yourself. Yeah, they're friendly, but like, oh, good. Things will like fall randomly. Oh, good. Like when friendly is good. Yeah. So I don't know. Maybe it's Bernice, the original um, wife. 
that met an untimely death. Met an yeah. untimely death, which like party wow. rock on, <laughs> um, or maybe is like there. Unfortunately, there was a suicide here as well, so it could be that. Um, but yeah. Wow, there is a lot of history, for lack of a better word. Oh yeah. <laughs> Lots of history. Lots of history, but it's consistently been a, uh, eight a bar. De- yeah. Eight decades worth of history. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Okay, so let's talk about the decor because I see all these clocks behind the bar. Can you tell me about that? Is it the Till 2 theme? Yeah, so when we got in here, um, there were a few clocks behind the bar, and we've slowly been adding to them and a lot of our friends will just come in and and the time is set at two o'clock yeah set too and people will randomly give us clocks and we'll just throw them up there um so there's actually a lot of clocks now up there from friends okay any any thought about we're tiki people yes is any thought about doing like a tiki something even just a booth I wanted to do that on the um, stage up there. I actually wanted to take all of the t- the decor from Ride the Dark Wave, which was our party. Right. Um, I don't even know what year Oasis. that was. That was 2019. 2019. I wanted to take that decor, and I wanted to put this. Best room party, 2019. <laughs> I mean, yeah, we won the award for that. Um, I wanted to put this That's Todd Miller, by the way. <laughs> but Matt I, I vetoed, vetoed it. And after, you know, really sitting down and curating the vibe yeah. in this bar, I was like, no, it is a rock and roll dive bar. It is, it doesn't need to have that's um, all, any yeah, that's okay. objects, yeah. but you can, if you look at the menu, you obviously know, sure, you're like, sure. oh, okay. You look at the back bar, you go, ah, I yes. get it. And, and, you know, by also keeping it as a rock and roll dive bar, you're actually giving it the respect that it deserves you're not saying that it's not good enough to be what it already is right if you you know what i mean like if you change it you're saying like you know oh it's not you're not good enough i'm gonna try to improve you right and that's the whole thing with what happens with some of our vintage tiki spots you have a new owner come in and think that they know better right and it ends up losing its personality. Not everything needs to be a tiki bar. I uh, 100% agree. And I'm going to... pretty epic concerts here with some rad local bands and national surf rock bands that almost burned the house down. Yeah. Or (laughs) no, Dead Surf. um, Daikaiju. Oh, Daikaiju. Yeah, they're awesome. Yeah. So, and I'm going to expound on what you said, Matt. And some of my listeners might kick me in the nuts for this. But this goes back to you guys saying your, you know, your whiskey sodas and the stuff that you make for the, the previous regulars that, like, hey, if they still want a beer and a shot, they can get a beer and a shot. Like, I am a true believer, and, and I'm going to say it, and I already feel like I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get the shit. I'm gonna, they're going to give me the shit. Not even every cocktail has to be a crafted cocktail. Absolutely. Absolutely. Right? Because... We, sometimes I want, sometimes I want a T-bone steak or, or a filet mignon, and sometimes I want a carne asada burrito. Yes. It, there's, it doesn't always have to be lobster, right? Right. right. And sometimes I, I think people miss that. You know, like we'll make a drink, they'll be like, "Well, what's in this?" Well, do you like it? What does it matter if you enjoy it? It could be like raccoon piss, but if you enjoy it. 
what difference does it make? Right, and that's the whole thing that... that, that oh, I'm getting all the dislikes right now, right? Yeah. I'll <laughs> click on the dislike. You kind of alluded to, like, honoring the space. I mean, this space, at its core, is a rock and roll dive bar. Sure. We just wanted to elevate to those patrons that want a nice drink that it's available, but you still want to honor the identity of what you have here. Yeah. And that's why I didn't yeah. want to incorporate a tiki element into it because then it would just be schizophrenic. Okay. It wouldn't have its cohesive identity. Yeah. You know, yeah. and like Todd said, you can do surf night, you can do like rad bands, you can have tiki ish cocktails on the menu and do it that way because we all enjoy that. You do have straight ahead tiki cocktails on there. You have you have a legit like those are the first drinks on the menu. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You know probably a lot better cocktails tiki cocktails here than you'll find at a lot of tiki establishments. Yeah, we're, we're, we'll leave them kind. unnamed, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and they're all popping up in my hand right now. I, I won't even, say anything. Yeah, even non-tiki people come in here and they look at the rums and they don't know shit about what's on that background, right, you know, right. the rums. And they go, oh, are you guys like tiki? And we go, yeah. You know, like, we're not going to be like, oh, yeah, we do this and this and this and do blah, blah, blah. Do you want us to be tiki? No, I'm just like... Sure, you know, yeah, I mean, yeah. and it's not just rum. You've got like you've got a few good me- you've got a few good mezcals back there. You've got yeah, you've got a good a good back bar, but you've also got just a solid well. If, like if I come in, if I'm on my way home from work, I just need a drink. I just want a whiskey soda. I'm yeah. good. Yeah. You know, you I know, love it because a lot of us have home tiki bars here right. too. So we also feel like. Hey, if we want to go somewhere not tiki, let's go and still be able to indulge in tiki cocktails. Yeah. We can come to Tiltu and have at it and listen to live rad music. It's the perfect it's the perfect escape from the escape, right? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Well said. Yes. Well yeah. said. Perfect balance. And so, at the same time, like I know we're all like dive bar enthusiasts, oh, yeah. you know. And sometimes you walk into a dive bar and you're like, oh, I'll just grab a Miller Lite. And then sometimes you're like, man, I really wish I could get a Gimlet. I'll tell you. And a lot of places like sure. can't do these like really easy cocktails so You can anymore. have both. You can have both. Yeah. And there's nothing like the feeling of settling down into a stool at a dive bar, getting comfortable, and just... And just becoming part, part of, of the bar. Of the bar, <laughs> yeah. Well, can you guys talk a little bit about your staff? I mean, you've been very selective about who you staff up with here. You've got a lot of people that are well-known around town as solid bartenders. A lot of them have worked at high-end places, but also other, like, solid dive bars that yeah. have unfortunately in the last year been forced to close down. And now they have a, they, they have found a new a home. home here. They have a new home, too. yeah. Yeah, yeah. This is, would be our fourth time reopening during COVID or with the, um, what is it called? The color tiered. And um, each time we reopened, we brought all of our staff back, our original staff. And then this is hopefully our final. I, I believe it's our final one. And we were short staffed. I can't work every day behind the bar or else I'll be a total bitch. And <laughs> True. That's like, I'll I'll agree with that. You know, um, so we reached out to a lot of -of out-of-work bartenders that were in high-end bars and then our favorite local dives, and we brought a lot of them over here, and it's been great. Okay, so I got one more question for you. 
great menu. I like your your uh, the classic. Well, they're classics, but they're your version of that, right? They're yes. riffs. Is there a secret menu? Is there a, is there an animal fries or a, or a protein style or we, a, we do have ting here, so you yeah. can do a ray and ting if the you want. The ray and ting is a big a big one here. Is that there is a, a secret. purple rain on the menu? <laughs> a, you can always request menu? it. I mean, look, it's purple. Chelsea, Just make it purple. Chelsea behind the bar right now. She's been doing this for. I don't even know. Fifteen years. She's behind. She's been behind some of the best dive bars in oh, very San Diego. Nice. Very nice. I bet you, if you tell her, can you make me a purple rain? She will be like, she'll yeah, no problem. It. I'm going like, to order one right after even. this. Right she after this. She won't even know what's in it, oh. but she'll make you. But something it'll be rad. purple. Yeah. It'll be purple. Oh yeah, I love it. I love we do, it. We do have a little sipper of rum. This is the transcontinental Fiji. Um, transcontinental Fiji. Yeah. Cheers. All right. Oh, that's different. That's different. And it, what's fun is that we have about six of the transcontinental yes. rums, and they're all from different locations. So their whole thing is they distill in the home country, and then they ship it to a northern hemisphere uh, where it is aged in oh, certain barrels. Oh, and it's aged barrels. somewhere else. Yeah. And so you can get a taste of around the world that's kind of interesting. rums and how they age it. Oh, I'm not a rum geek, so here's another thing that I believe in. More negatives right here. <laughs> I love it. So, Smuggler's Cove, great book. Love Martin. Lots of great information on there. And as I started to read it, I, I actually like thought to myself, okay, like, I'd love to have a beef wellington one day. I just don't need to know how to make it. I don't need to know like all the details to enjoy it, right? Sure. Uh, and I'm a firm believer of that. Like you know, they're gonna they're gonna kick me in the nuts right now. They're, they're all gonna they're all gonna give me the shit. Look, I love the, the the nuances and the and all the stuff about rum. I just don't feel I need to know every little thing to enjoy a good cocktail. You don't need to. Uh, 12-step program yeah. of how to build so it. So this whole transcontinental thing that you're saying is that what I'm getting at is that I don't I didn't know that. And people are going to give me shit for not knowing that. I know it. I know it. Transcontinental rum is like a total geeky r- nerd rum. Um, okay. So, yeah. So I, I'm just, so, because I'm going to say like, oh, I didn't know that. The comments are going to be like, why would you not know that? <laughs> I can guarantee you at least fifty percent of yeah. the people all right, all right, all right, all right. don't even yeah. know. So I just got. I just have How to make my peace. How pretentious of people! To make my, Party. Make my peace. <laughs> Party. <laughs> I have to make my peace. So anyway, I let me reiterate again. I'm so honored that you guys invited me to come down. Actually, I invited myself, but I'm going to give you guys you guys, credit. <laughs> you're always welcome here. Uh, I, I love what you've done with the bar. Thank you. I think it's great. The drinks. That you've you've kept the, the, the character and the theme, and that you guys are running the ship now. I love it. I love it. What's the future of Till Two Club? Well, um, live June fifteenth is bands. when California is reopening. Okay. Um, as of potentially, now, potentially, um, hopefully. <laughs> And Matt is hitting the ground running. June 17th is the first live show here with our dear friend Laura Chavez, who 
is a famous blues uh, guitarist, and nobody, oh, very nice. Nobody really like understands that she's like on every blues record oh. there is because she's so humble. When is this? But June seventeenth. June seventeenth. So she lives here in San Diego, and she's doing a whole blues takeover here, and we're starting off with that. But so I've been getting a lot of requests, and we're huge like punk rock bar, metal bar, hardcore, but. There was a, a group of people that wanted to do a five-band show, donate all the proceeds to the bar, which is rad, um, but it's going to be a gnarly circle pit show, <laughs> and they wanted to do it like at the beginning of July, and I was like, let's pump the brakes on that yeah, just yeah, yeah. a little bit. Yeah. Thank you for reaching out. We'll, we'll do early. it at the end of July yeah. or August. Yeah. But I thought we could do live entertainment with a blues trio. Everyone can still be seated at their table. They can enjoy the band. And I think that's a good kind of a step in the right direction of people feeling comfortable getting back out indoors seeing live music again. Okay. Very cool. Yes. So that is one aspect of it. Um, As of right now, uh, the state of California and ABC have not taken away our privilege of selling bottles to go. So we are still technically a liquor store and yeah. bar. Packaged so we goods. packaged goods. Yeah. And I, you were sitting here and I was staring at and during this whole conversation, I just realized that you were the first customer. Do you remember messaging me before, like right before COVID hit and you were like, Hey, can you get me these bottles? Absolutely. And I was like, yeah, I'll do it on the sly. You know, like, oh, I got you. Don't, don't go crazy out there. Everyone. <laughs> Jesus. Um, and Boost Fairies are the best. You Much love to the Boost Fairies. You were fairies. the first customer, and you got, like, some badass rums, like some Ray and Nephew, some great Appleton's, rum bars. Rum bars. Yeah. And he was kind of, like, the catalyst besides, you know, ABC letting us doing this. But, like, the whole wheels started turning, like, oh, shit. We're talking about Todd Miller again, party Todd, people. Yeah. <laughs> um, party people. The one and only. Well, so, that's awesome. So if our... We'll still be a liquor store... And bar, and hopefully not a pizzeria for yeah. much longer. Yeah. But it's the whole joke of. Hopefully, we're open without the food obligation and until two o'clock. Right now, we are day. open till two. Well, I, yeah, and I hope that continues. Yeah. I just got a, so now I know why it's called till two. <laughs> Hello. I'm slow, man. I, I I just figured out a couple years ago why they called okay. the Doobie Bro- Brothers the Doobie Brothers. <laughs> I just figured that I'm 52 and I just figured that out like a couple years ago. I'm slow about that stuff, man. Smoking so. doobs. <laughs> well, if I, if our listeners want to follow you guys on social media. Or if they want to take advantage of the the delivery service or anything like that, how do they find you online? Throw out your social media, all that stuff. <laughs> it's kind of lowbrow, but um, everything is on you know social media. So Tilt Two Club on Facebook and Instagram. Um, we have this Google Doc with, I think there's like 600 bottles on there now, um, and liquid you just stimulus. the liquid liquid sti- stimulus. Yeah. Oh, I love liquid it. Liquid stimulus, and you just. Send us a message. You go, this is what I want, and you give us your address, and we just fucking drop it off. So, yeah, just in San Diego County. In San Diego, in San Diego County. County. Like I said, LA, <laughs> yeah. there wasn't a whole lot of demand up we there, so we couldn't do it. We have gone everywhere from the border to Alpine to Oceanside, yep. all the way to OB. So, it, we have it. done a lot. I love it. 
56 Alrighty, party weeks people. and counting. There you go, at Till 2 Club. Follow our friends at Till 2 Club. If you want to order anything that's local and have it delivered, or if you want to come down and support their bar, please come and do that. What's the address here? 4746 El Cajon Boulevard. In San Diego. In San Diego, 92115. Come to the boulevard. Come to the hood. There you go. <laughs> there you go, folks. And if you enjoyed this episode, hit the like button. If you want to follow us on any more of our adventures, please subscribe to our channel. Let's give our friends a follow here. Until the next time, cheers and aloha. Get pitted. Ride the dark way. So pitted. <laughs> pitted. Till two club. All of it. <laughs> cheers, party people. Thanks for watching. <laughs>